And here we go. Parsha Shalach. Shalach means, there it is. Shalach means to send. It's a command, Shalach. You may be familiar with the word Shaliach. Chabad emissaries around the world, they are, each one is a Shaliach. So Moshe is going to Shalach. He's going to send. God is going to command them to send spies to the land of Israel. Verse 1, God spoke to Moshe saying, Shlach lecha anashim. Shlach, send for you, anashim, men of distinction. Now Rashi will comment on this word lecha. Why is it for you, for Moshe? It could have just said, Shlach anashim, send men of distinction. We'll get to that in Rashi, but let's see what the verse says. Send for you men of distinction via Turu et Eretz Kinan. Let them scout. Interesting, the word Hebrew word here, tour. Sounds like tour, tour the land. I said it's Kinan. You shall scout the land of Kinan. That I am going to give, that I'm giving to the Jewish people. Ish Echod, one man. Ish Echod, one man. One for each tribe. Lamate a voice of Tishlochu for the tribe of his fathers you shall send. Koil, each of them shall be Nasi Bahem. They shall be one of the leaders of the tribe. Now, why why do you need a spy from each tribe? Right? Typically, when you send spies, you just look for the guy who you know is the best at doing spying. Why would you need one from each tribe? And I don't think Rashi comments on it. But the commentators talk about the fact that Moshe had, what was Moshe's intention here? What did Moshe want? So one explanation is that Moshe wanted to confirm for the people what they had only known through God's word or through tradition that the land is beautiful. I mean, this is a great land. You know, Jews are very hard to please. So you tell them you're going to a land. They want to know exactly what's going on over there. So just to hear it from God is one thing. That's faith. But to actually hear it from people that they know, that's different. And that would explain why you would need a, a, a representative from each and every tribe. Because just because the head of Ruvain thinks it's a good land, if I'm from Shimon and say, yeah, maybe it's good for Ruvain, but it's not good for our tribe. So you got everybody together is going into the land. Each tribe has its representative. Now, it's interesting the, the tribes were going to be split up throughout the land. So you would think they only need to go each, you know, Ruvain would go to the place that Ruvain is going to get that portion of the land that his tribe will inherit. But that's not the case. They all went together throughout the entire land. They all traversed the entire land. And the deeper, the deeper meaning behind that is that they were representing this idea that of the unity, the unity of the tribes, the, the that which they had in common. And this is, this is represented by the fact that they all go through the entire land together, even though they're not all going to inherit the entire land. Let's look at Rashi. Shlach lecha anashim. Rashi first addresses what is the connection between last week's, the end of last week's Parsha and the beginning of this week's Parsha. What's the juxtaposition of the story of the Meraglim, the spies, to the Parsha of Miriam, which we just were, read yesterday. Miriam speaking questioning Moses. Moshe, Rashi explains, because Miriam was plagued, she was punished because of matters of Diba. Diba means speaking 
um, negatively. That she spoke about her brother Moses, questioning why he had separated from his wife. These wicked ones, the Meraglim, the spies, they saw what happened with Miriam. They did not learn their lesson. They did not take Musar. They did not take rebuke or lesson from what happened. So the, the juxtaposition shows that here it's very clear. Miriam, the story of Miriam is saying, you know, be careful what you say and how you talk about others. And especially Miriam, she had no ill intent because she was such a tzaddik, such at such a high level. She gets saras. They should have taken a lesson. Be careful with your words. But no, they did not. And they speak negatively about the land of Israel. Shlach Lecha, now Rashi addresses, why does it say send for you? Says Rashi, Lidaitcha, God is saying, it's by your understanding, you decide. Playing chess with my son yesterday, <laughs> Shabbos, he always wants to play chess, and every other day of the week too, but Shabbos, ostensibly, I have time. So, you know, he asked me, what, what should I do? Should I move here or should I move there? <laughs> you know? I'm his opponent in the game, but he's still asking me advice. So I sometimes I got to tell him, I don't know, you got to decide how you want to play it. So Moshe, God tells Moses, Moshe's asking God, should I move here? Should I move there? And God says, this is your decision. I am not commanding you to send the spies. In Tirza, if you want, send. What is the background of the story? Well, we have the story repeated in Deuteronomy when Moshe repeats the whole story of what happened. And there, the story seems very different. It gives us the details. It says, when the Jewish people came to Moshe, they said, let us send men of distinction before us. So it was the idea came from the Jewish people. Very different from the way it seems here, which starts in the middle of the story where God is telling Moshe what to do. Deuteronomy gives the background that actually the people came to Moshe and said, we'd like to send people before us into the land. As it says, you got you all ganged up, um, you all came close to me. And now Moshe goes and he asks the Shekhinah, he asks the Divine Presence, what should I do? So God says, I told them it's a good land. Why do they need to send spies? And we have that already in, in Exodus. I'm going to take you up from Oni Mitzrayim, from the poverty and oppression of Egypt, and take you to this great, beautiful land flowing with milk and honey. Why are they asking for spies to go and confirm that? Says God, Chayeim, by their lives, I mean, to give them the opportunity to make a mistake because this whole enterprise is, is a mistake. They shouldn't be having to do this. This um, Because of this, they're going to be able to make a mistake and, and have the words of the Meraglim, the words of the spies, um, trip them up, and then they, in the end, will not inherit the land. So that all is a long way of saying that God says, Moshe, it's up to you. You decide. And that's shlach lecha, send for you. So what does he do? What does he decide? Moshe sends them. From the desert of Paran. By the, by the word of God. Now, we just learned that it wasn't by the word of God. Well, if you interpret word of God as by the command of God, we just learned that it wasn't by the command of God. So Rashi tells us, yes, it doesn't mean by the command of God. It means by his permission, with his consent, Shalai did not stop him. That's what Al-Piyasha means. Rashi has to tell us that because, presumably, um, 
usually al pi Hashem by God's word means by God's command. So here it's being used in a little bit of a different way. Kula Manashim, all of them were men of distinction. Roshe B'nei Yisrael Hema, these were leaders of the Jewish people. Says Rashi, when you have Anashim, the word Anashim, it means Lashon Chashivut. Chashivut means Choshiv, important, distinct, distinguished. And Rashi tells us at that time they were kosher. Kshedim. Not that they were should be eaten, God forbid. But Kshedim, you could say about a human being, about a person, they're a good person, virtuous. They could also say kosher. Now, so we already have them described in two ways by Rashi. In the first Rashi, he calls them Rishoyim, wicked, because in the end, they end up acting wickedly. But at that time, at this time, when, the, when God is giving this command, or when Moshe is, is sending them, they were kosher, and something happened along the way. Must have been something they ate at the falafel stand. The Eile Shemoisam, these were their names, for the tribe of Ruven, Shemo ben Zakar, for the tribe of Shimon, Shav Mechoiri, for the tribe of Judah, Kalab ben Yifuna, and for Mati Yisachar. I'll stop here by Kalev. So Kalev from the tribe of Judah, he is one of the truly distinguished ones because he's one, the two, one of the two that will not fall into the uh, corruption of the spies. For Yisachar, Yigal ben Yosef, for Ephraim, Hoshea binun. So that is the second one, Yehoshua, who is also going to be one of the good spies. So who are they? From the tribe of Ephraim and from the tribe of Judah, those are the ones who end up with the good spies. Binyamin, Palti ben Rafu, Zvulun, Gadi ben Soidi, Yosef, Menashe, Gadi ben Susi. It's interesting. I don't know why. But Ephraim and Menashe are both from Yosef. But when it talks about Ephraim, it doesn't mention Yosef. But when it talks about Menashe, it does say, for the tribe of Yosef, I don't know the answer. Our research department is on it. Have no fear. Gadi ben Susi. But if you find out the answer, please let us know. For the tribe of Dan, Amir ben Gmali, Asher, Surmancha, for Naftali, Nachbi ben Vafsi, and for God, Guel ben Machi. Again, we've talked so many times. If the Torah is repeating all of these names and giving it to us to learn for thousands of years, there's got to be great meaning and power behind it. Elish, Anashim, these are the names of the men of distinction that Moshe sent to tour the land. Moshe. Moshe called Hoshea Binun Yehoshua. So his name was Hoshea. He now changed his name to Yehoshua. He added a Yud. Says Rashi, what's going on over here? This wasn't merely giving him a name change. He was praying for him. Yud Ke Yehoshiacha, God, whose name is Yud and Hey. May he save you, like as the word Shua comes to the word Teshua, which means salvation, from the Atzasamaraglim, from the council of the spies. So Moshe already had, obviously, had a awareness that this was a dangerous mission. He decided to go for it anyway, but he prays for Yeshua to be speared. The council of the spies. Now, why didn't he pray for all of them? It's a great question. Let us know if you find out. Verse 17. By Yishlach Oisa Moshe, Moshe sent them to tour the land of Canaan. By Yoimiraleim, he says to them, by the way, when we talk about Yeshua, we've already had Yeshua many times in the Torah. We just had him last week or yesterday on Shabbos, where Yeshua 
says we should uh, we should jail Elda the Meidad who were prophesying. It already calls him Yoshua because the Torah is telling you what his name eventually was. So it doesn't call him Hosea, even though his name was Hosea um, then. So he says to them, go up by the Negev. Start in the south. Valisem Esahar, and you shall climb up the mountain. Now, why would he mention going up in the Negev? Obviously, that's how you, got, that's how you get in from the south, if you're coming from the south. Rashi says that Moshe was doing something that the tagarim, the merchants do. First, they show you the lesser quality suits. And then they say, you know, come to the back. I have something special for you, the best. So first, he shows them the, the worst of the land of Israel, the inferior part of the land of Israel, which is dry and not as, uh, as fertile, which is the way of the merchants. First, they show you the psoilas, and then they show you the good stuff. Verse 18, you shall see the land. What is it? The nation that is people that are upon it are they is it are they strong are they weak? Are they few or are they many? Rashi is going to tell us that he's not really asking. Um, you know, he, according to Rashi, seeing the land had is, the two parts of the verse are really one. The second part from here to here is an interpretation of the first part. When he says "go see the land," he means go see what kind of land is it? It is a, is it a land that that um, that produces strong people or weak people? Is it a land that produces uh, few people or a land that produces many? That's like a Rashi. There are some lands that produce strong people, giborim, and there are some lands that produce weak people. There are some that produce um, large populations and some that produce uh, small populations. Is it strong or is it weak? Now, how are you going to find out if they're strong or weak? You're going to go and feel their muscles and see how strong they are? Rashi says, no, he gave them a sign, which we see actually in the next the next verse. But Rashi gives us the hits here. He says, if they are strong, if they live in unwalled cities, prazim, we have this word in the Megillah where it talks about unwalled city, the same word. If they live in open cities, that means they're strong. Why? Because they're not afraid of anybody. They don't need a wall. They can rely on their own strength. They don't have an iron dome even. But if they're all fortified and all kind of defense mechanisms, they are weak. Because the enemy is not afraid of them. That means they're weak. What is this land that he, that he that they are dwelling upon? Is it good or bad? What does it mean? Is it good or bad? Rashi says, does it have springs and other good and healthy water sources? Water, very important. That's what he always defines the goodness of the land. What about the cities that he that they dwell in it? Are they open cities? Or are they fortified? Again, that's the elaboration on whether they're strong or weak. And what about the land itself as far as the agriculture? Is it a fat land? Is it lean? Does it have an eight? Now, they translate it as trees, but Rashi does not interpret it that way because why would he ask about trees? I mean, if it's a good land, you could plant trees. If not, you can't. And also, why does it say eight, which is singular? You say eightim. For those reasons, perhaps, Rashi says... It does not mean trees. It means do they have an Adam kasher? Again, we have this word kasher. Do they have a righteous person, a worthy person? Who is going, because of his merit, 
will be able to uh, protect, provide protection for these people. In other words, we're going to go to war with these people. If they have a righteous person there, that could be a problem. In other words, it's not just the material war they have to look look at the spiritual things you have to take into consideration so is there a tree just like a tree provides shade is there a human being who like a tree provides shade and protection for those around him im ayin or is there not and you shall strengthen yourself and i gives them some instructions and come bring back souvenirs you shall take from the fruit of the land why do they have to strengthen themselves commentaries say it may look a little suspicious when they're bringing back these fruits Still not clear what why it's it's such a big deal. Uh, you shall take from the fruit of the land and bring it back to us. And what was the season then? It was the season when the grapes first began to ripen. That concludes our Parsha for today. Pretty straightforward. We will now open it up to questions and comments. I just had a comment. I wanted to get your your uh, feedback or comments on this. Um, there's a lot of detail, as there often is, as you said, fairly straightforward, but is there possibly also a meta message or kind of an overall message in this? I mean, God already told them he he's giving them the land of milk and honey. Then they're sending out these spies to check this out. I mean, is this, you know, through, through giving us free will, I mean, God gives us free will. Are we always given the chance to make a mistake with that? Okay, in every situation, you can do what's right, you can do what's wrong, you can believe in God, you don't have to. It's giving us this free will, and 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 we have to choose whether we do the right thing or not, make a mistake or not. Is that the is that the bigger message? I don't know. I think so. Yeah, I think you you really hit the nail on the head there. Right, this is God giving them the free choice. Exactly right. Very well put. Go ahead, Hillel. Uh, but to the Benedict, you know, to, uh, Jewish people to deal with Benedict as well. Uh, I think if they even, you know, trusted God fully, but they are the people who really implement the God's will. So it's like a military strategy, it's a good idea to how to fight better, you know, which way to go, you know, which force to go first, you know, to come up with a strategy. So to have a spies that can mean, spy agents like Mossad, you know, it's not a good, not a good idea if you rely on that, even, you know, to know what these people are up to, you know. And, uh... Right, right. I think that, you know, the, the, certainly in some of the commentators, is the idea that God was going to be taking them in. It could have, it would have been a miraculous thing. You know, they wouldn't have to be engaged in this type of uh, conventional type of warfare. And in fact, as I said, Moshe's intention was not necessarily that they, you know, he's, he's mostly talking about the land itself, you know, tell us about the land, what kind of, you know, what is this for? Why, why would that be important as far as the, um, you know, the war itself? You know, how do we conquer it? It seems to be indicating that it's about the land itself. And, you know, as, as I mentioned, I believe it's Ramban, that really his intention was, Moshe's intention was, come back and, and really convince us that this is a great land, so we're not just taking it on faith. Right, right. But the, what happened was, is that they they went off track. Started off good, but went off track. Gary. 
Yeah, I thought it was very interesting um, to look at it as God was giving us an opportunity to see for ourselves. It's like, um, you know, we have the opportunity to do the mitzvot and maybe end up in the world to come. And we have free choice, just as Bill was saying. And I didn't see that originally in the text, but with Rashi's commentary, it made it a lot more clear. Right. Excellent. Well said. Yeah, the free choice. I think that's a, that's a great way to put it. That's the bottom line is, you know, God could just feed it all to us and tell us this is what you're doing. This is where you're going. And even with Moshe, he gives him the free choice. You decide and lets us make the mistakes. And eventually we get there. It took an extra 39 years, but we got there. All right, gentlemen, thank you. This has been a wonderful start to the week. May we continue to succeed in learning Torah and doing mitzvot for this week. Wishing everybody a Shavua Tov. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. Rabbi. Thank you. All right.